0: Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Sorry to disappoint you, Jim, but that's exactly what we're talking about today. Playoffs. Moneyball regular season is winding down on beans and gravy today. We're going to break down the matchups for the coming week talk about some playoff legacies, what's at stake. And then also we'll have a special guest, one of the heaviest hitters in the league will be joining us to give us his take on the league, some trade deadline insights, and overall view of what this league looks like. So uh, come join us. Welcome to episode two of Veans and Gravy. It's the playoff push edition. Uh, I'm jo- joined with my co-host, Jeff Graves, and we're going to dive into the final week of uh, Moneyball League and really look at kind of the playoff implications, uh, what's on the line, uh, who's hot, who's not, and uh, talk a little bit legacy, what this means, this playoff push. Uh, Jeff, how are you doing today, bud?
1: Oh, man, what excitement we got going into the last couple of weeks. Am I right? Like this week, last week, holy cow, like we're, we're down there. I mean, we got eight teams fighting for six spots. So.
0: And that's kind of really what, that's really what you want in a league, right? You want to have, uh, you know, kind of the cream rising to the top. You want some surprise teams uh, sprinkled in there and just some really good, solid matchups to end it and kind of find out who deserves to get those uh, coveted six spots. So should be, should be really exciting. Jeff, let's take a look, uh, you know, just for, uh, for context here, we're recording this Sunday evening, the, A's Yankees game is still in progress so there could be some slight movements to the standings but where do we sit right now in terms of playoff teams uh, and uh, you know games back kind of what's the current status right now?
1: Yeah so that uh, Yankees A's game a lot of prominent uh, fantasy players involved right now it's in the top of the eighth but if we run the numbers right now what we're looking at is um, we've got Durst obviously in first and then we've got uh, Jake and O'Shea are going to be really close to each other in that two, three spot. And then we're four and five will be Kyle Bobes. And then that six spot, I, fe- I feel like the top five are set, but there is, you know, if you're looking at winning percentage, Vito's as it stands right now is 518. Grant is 515 and Chico's myself is 513. So, you know, between those bottom three teams fighting for that six spot, there is a one game. Uh, gap between them all and and then you look at the other ones there's a lot of people jockeying for position going into next week
0: yeah that's a that's a very very slim margin for for three teams to be between I I know this has happened this isn't a, a a complete New thing to the league where we have multiple teams, uh, you know, battling for that last spot. I think that happened about four years ago, where we had, you know, that last day where a ton of things happened, and I mean, the seeding even changed. A few teams were locked in there, but I I think this might be one of the most competitive, you know, fights for that fifth, sixth seed that we've seen in a while. What are your thoughts on that?
1: It it is, and you're not just talking about like, oh, okay, so there's three random teams fighting for the sixth seed. Like Vito's team is maybe one of the best we've ever seen that's on the verge of really having to fight it out to make that final playoff spot. Um, Grant and myself, like we, we've been dueling it out all year. We made decisions like let's, let's go for it at the playoffs, but man, I, I can't wrap my head around looking at the roster of, of Vietel's team. Like no way, no way should that dude be battling for the sixth seed. Like, I don't know. And, and, and like, I'll get into that in a minute, but let, let, let me hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I I mean, I think it's kind of playing to what we thought it would be. I think there's a few surprise teams in there, but I felt like most of the teams that are in contention have been the strongest all year, you know, whether it's, you know, they were strong, had some injuries and had potential, or they've just been a really good team, you know, pretty much from from start to finish. I I would say you probably saw the two biggest movers probably being uh, Bopes' team as well as Vito's team, you know, Bopes had some initial injuries, but I think he made some shrewd moves to kind of clear that up, but I think he got kind of backlogged into the standings a little bit, but I think most people recognized his team was pretty good from uh, from the end of the draft and kind of were surprised where he was at initially, but he's been steadily climbing up there. Uh, he's had a pretty manageable schedule as well, too. I think that's helped him. His team's playing well, uh, uh-huh. but he's taking... He's taking advantage of the schedule too. So I mean, that's- You,
1: you, you bring up that schedule, Vince, And let me tell you something. I, I've done some research here and this isn't anything I've brought before. So I'm, I'm anxious to, to get your reaction here. Um, as you know, we have a 21 week season. Everybody plays each other once and then you've got those eight weeks where uh, you, you play duplicate teams. So I was kind of curious how that shook out as far as easiest schedule, hardest schedule. And the one thing I, you know I ran the data winning percentage, you know, against everyone else. And this is not including week 20 or 21 yet. So look, looking at that, the, the most difficult or the easiest schedules out of anyone this year, number one, our number one seed, Boba Shett. Then you've got Dress Barn, Little Lebowski, Trammeled by Tortugas, and Chico's Bail Bonds. That was the five easiest schedules out of anyone in this league. All five of them are in playoff contention. And we brought up Vito's earlier. He had the hardest schedule of playing anybody you know two times he played the most difficult schedule and I think that might be part of what explains why he's in the position he's in um, he played uh, some of the top four teams I want to say each one of them he played them twice this year and a lot of teams didn't have to do that so that might 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 have something to do with uh, explaining why he's battling for his life here going into the final week
0: yeah and that might be this kind of the, the initial conversation we were having about kind of where those teams that's he had some injuries on top of a pretty difficult schedule that probably compounded some of the problems on his team that the injuries were, and then he was facing a difficult schedule. So yeah, he did start falling down the uh, the standings pretty quickly, but uh, he's he's bounced back. Tough schedule or not, team's healthy now healthy-ish, and uh, you know he's he's starting to make a move. So I, I think that's a, a team that it's really interesting between those, those, those final teams. If we do think that the, the rest of the, the playoffs is set, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I would say that that would probably be the team. I would not want to make the playoffs yep. the most um, just because it's a, it's a very deep team with lots of pop, lots of speed. I, I think that would be a huge, huge shift in the dynamics of the playoffs um, if he were to, uh, to not get through. And I think it's interesting, Jeff. So we look at the, uh, the week's ending right now, I think it'd be beneficial to pull up the final week of the season. I think there's some some really, really interesting matchups. Uh, we focused on Vidal's team. Uh, we talked about that tough schedule and he locks up with uh, Brendan's team, Oof, kind no of a make, a, a make or break matchup. So uh, that will be a really interesting one to watch and that Brendan has something to play for, right? Trying to fight and maybe get that buy, that coveted buy he's never had. Uh, and, uh, Beatles is going to be scrapping for every single point that he can get, because it could literally come down to tying a category, <laughs> uh, to make the playoffs, which would be crazy. So,
1: so w- when I look ahead at the schedule, I mean, what matchups we we've got the number 13 discrete transaction facing off against number 14 lasers, pew pew. Oh my God. What ramifications that's got. Am I right Kyle?
0: Yeah, I mean, that that's a, a <laughs> unsightly matchup. But sometimes, you know, beauty's in the behind the beholder, right? So, uh, you know, maybe there will be a, uh, something awesome that happens with that one. Um, but, yeah. I'll I, I for think, week 21. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there will be a, a, a ton of viewing on, on that one, watching how that moves. That one, so, I mean, I, I, I think the banner matchup is going to be uh, Brendan versus Beatles. You are in an interesting matchup. You're getting, uh, you're locking up with uh, Jake Anderson, the commish. Uh, And again, you're fighting for your playoff live and uh, Jake's fighting to hold on to that number two seat. That should be an interesting one too.
1: Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I mean, I think about it. If I beat Jake six, four and Beatles loses uh, four and a half to five and a half, I, do I jump him? Like, I'm pretty sure I do. Like there is a lot of pressure going into that last week and you know, it'll be, it'll be down to the wire, down to Sunday. We, we've had great finishes before we had the old Curtis Granderson game uh, with the Mets. And I think it was Cardinals maybe that night where playoff life were at stake. I think it
0: was, like, I think it was, I think it was a subway series. I think it was Mets Yankees.
1: Oh, I mean, I, I hope we have something like that. Nothing like making Sunday night baseball, like what an important game.
0: Or if the current rules are that were played back then, Beatles just would have been Curtis Granderson and moved on. So yeah.
1: um, Yeah. Now, now who knows? Like with that lineup being set, you know, as is.
0: So, and then the, and then the last matchup, I I mean, I think this could get overlooked, but we have to talk about it. So Grant locks up with uh, Shaw in in a very important matchup. And I think Shaw's an interesting one in that, you know, he, he obviously made some moves to get some keepers. Um, but I don't think the, the, uh, the pantry is completely empty on that team. I think that he could put something together, at least give, uh, you know, Grant a run for his money. But if I look at those three te- those three teams, right, um, you know, I would say Grant easily has the, the best matchup. So that will be an interesting one to watch too.
1: That's the thing though, like going into this last week, nobody is going to be rolling over. You saw it this week, uh, Deagle, Took the number one seed, beat him eight, one to one, and he's gonna be going against uh Dressbarn next week. So, like, there there's no easy matchups here. Like Whitford Brains ain't rolling over. Uh bottles heen, I mean, if he's got any dignity whatsoever, I know he completely fell out of the standings the last couple of weeks, but dude's still got a decent enough team to compete. Like it it should be very interesting coming down to the wire.
0: Yeah, and there's uh those matchups are going to be tight and I think it'll be fun to watch that through the weekend uh, and you'll have to be, uh, have your calculator out doing the math on some of these things. Cause the, the playoff standings could shift hourly depending on all of those matchups. So there's other than the
1: of, one seed, nothing is set.
0: Yeah. There, there could be a lot of moving parts. So there's a, a lot of good stuff to look forward to. I think I, I again, I, I think this might be one of the more exciting end of the years that, that I can remember. Yeah, I'll luckily
1: be, there's no weddings or anything planned this year, which normally it seems like something like that either happens in the playoffs or towards the end of the year where, you know, people are distracted. People aren't paying full attention. So it's all hands on deck this last week.
0: Yeah, the DG, the Gens are going to be locked in the basement, uh, multiple screams, borrowing the MLB TV yep. logins of their fellow mates <laughs> and just really diving into this. So it should be fun. Yeah, um, I did.
1: I did look ahead and, and that Sunday night game, you're going to have the Dodgers and the Giants. A lot of players, you know, that are on fantasy teams are going to be alive that evening. So we'll see.
0: So we, we've kind of broken down currently where we're at. We've, we've taken a look at what the uh, next week's matchup is. I know that you did a little bit of research and, and maybe we can uh, un- unveil a little bit of um, you know who we're seeing as kind of the hot teams riding into the playoffs. I know that you found some interesting statistics mm. uh, and did some analysis on some power ratings uh, using some uh, time frame. So, uh, what would you like to share with the with the viewers?
1: So, uh, one thing I'm always looking at is, I mean, what, what what's one of the most important days on our calendar? It's obviously our trade deadline, and our trade deadline this year fell on August 4th. So, you know, that's when a lot of teams change. Like, it's not just uh a matter of the whole season a lot of teams do a complete makeover in that um on, on the deadline so one thing that i kind of took a look at was how how have teams been doing since then um obviously nobody's team is the same so uh things change or whatever so i kind of wanted to take a look at that and i was kind of surprised our one and two seed right now if you're looking um at the standings back to august 4th it's it, it's kind of interesting you see our one seed boba He's down in that seven spot uh, since the deadline. And O'Shea, I want to say, is down to the eight spot. Um, I accidentally uh, deleted that on the calendar, so I'm trying to, to pull that back up. But
0: So, so um, Jeff, real quick, so explain that one more time. So you're looking at the – are you looking at the power rankings? Or are you looking at the actual yes. win percentage?
1: So the power rankings, meaning the season stats. So if you're number one in runs since a certain period – uh, you get 14 points. I know a lot of people rely on that as far as uh, an indicator of whose team's legit, whose team's not. Um, they're, they're very telling. Like I said, since the deadline, the number one team, which no one would really be surprised by, would be Jake. Uh, so since August 4th, you've got Jake in the number one spot. You've got Vitals in the number two, Bobes number three, Chico's in four, uh, Beans you're in fifth, and Bear Caught Fish in sixth. But that's when it it gets interesting. You've got Uh, O'Shea at seven and you've got Durst at eight. So, I mean, those were the top teams all year, but does that mean that they are going into the season right now? No. Uh, bottles who's been a competitor all year long. He's been the 12th best team since the deadline that kind of explains maybe why he's had that free fall, um, into the abyss, so to speak.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's something interesting to look. And I think it's, it's helpful in, in some ways because, if you just go to the full season standings, the power rankings, um, yes, that those are applicable too. I mean, most of the top teams are currently in the playoffs. Um, so I, I think you can pull important things from that. But I think when we're looking, when we're diving this deep and we're talking about who's got the best shot to make a deep run into the playoffs, uh, those, season, those season rankings are great, but... People don't tell the whole story. Yeah. People could have shifted their teams entirely. I mean, take your team, for example uh, you know, over that three weeks from the deadline, three weeks until the deadline uh, you made a lot of changes to your team. Um, So really an accurate depiction probably is to kind of pull how that team's been performing over the last month compared to looking at it through the whole season. Now, I do think there are I think there's spots where this can be beneficial to kind of analyze your team. Uh, and I'm, as I mentioned, I mean, if you look at the season standing ones, there's not really any outliers of teams that, that, that aren't doing well, that, that actually have a high power ranking. I mean, I think probably the only glaring one would be, uh, you know, Vétals being the second best team from a, a power ranking standpoint uh, and, and is in a battle for uh, his playoff life. And I think a lot of that has to do with those early season injuries, as well as that really tough schedule you mentioned. Uh, but I think when we kind of look into who's hot, who's not, you know, who's got some momentum going into the playoffs, I, I think that list that you provided is very, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I, I like I said, I was just really like some teams turn over completely Mine did. I think I've got three players on my roster that I actually had on opening day, if that. So like a lot of that action did happen at the deadline. And I know I'm not the only team. There's a lot of teams that flipped over different parts and things like that. So I, I do think you need to look at that small, um, you know, stretch of games here the last couple of weeks, but then also look at the big picture. And at some point you can kind of put those together and see, okay, this team's legit. This team's not.
0: Interesting. Any more, any more tidbits to provide from analyzing the power rankings or, or any of your, uh, your calculus that you go through on a daily basis?
1: Um, I just want to point out that the bottom for both has been Vander Tye and Derek's team. So, you know, proof so, in pudding, you, so to speak.
0: So whether you look at it season long or, or break it down since the deadline, worst two teams.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No question.
0: Well, then I guess it's only fitting that we have a matchup for the, uh, the, the bottom <laughs> of the, the totem pole, if you will, uh, we'll all be eyeing that matchup as we're, we're worrying about making the playoffs we can see uh, between Derek and Tyler uh, which team reigns supreme and not the worst team of the league?
1: Hey, every every matchup matters each week. Every matchup.
0: I do find it interesting though that that Derek has the thirteenth best average. Of, uh, <laughs> it's like the only thing that that uh, everything's else like one, two, and three, but he has that uh, that that high contact hitting uh, ranked thirteenth and average. So
1: yeah, yeah, I don't know what to make of that. That's funny though
0: average is average is great looks good on paper apparently doesn't always help you win
1: nothing wrong with being average am i I
0: can't i can't agree with that i don't understand i don't know
1: as Um, the um as the guy that kind of keeps track of the history of the league and everyone's records and and just stupid shit all the time um one thing i'm interested in is legacies going forward what are these playoffs going to mean you've got durs who won it last year can he go back to back no one's ever done it before if durs wins it he's the only four time champ if jake wins it he's the only four time champ there's a lot at stake going into this season so uh, especially these playoffs like i'm very interested to see how these things play out
0: yeah let's let's dive into that a little bit more and and let's talk about playoff legacy and we're going to see ultimately at some point of the season we're going to have a champion crowned and I think there's a lot of different moving parts to that of what that actually means. Who wins it? Is it a, a multiple title? Is it their first title? Um, you know, in what fashion do they win it? You know, does someone just completely dominate this? It's turned out to be a pretty stacked playoffs, which didn't mm. look that way. Uh, you know, even a you know month and a half ago, it seemed like there was maybe one, two teams that probably were going to win it. And I think there's a lot of people that can be in the conversation now, but let's, let's talk about, playoff legacy. And I know that uh, you do a lot of research into, you know, not necessarily research, but tracking on playoff trips, buys. Um, let's dive into that a little bit. What's something interesting that you, when you look at kind of the cumulative playoff trips or buys that teams have had, you know, what's something that that jumps out at you or something that you like to talk about?
1: So we, we, we've been doing this league for a while now. Um, this is our 13th league or, or 14th year doing yep. the league. Um, O'Shea, someone who has made the playoffs half the time. Um, if he makes it this year, it's more than half. One thing he's never had a buy going into the playoffs. Um, we all know the importance of buys. Uh, obviously it's one less game you got to win, but usually you also then have the advantage in that second round where you only need to get a tie or, or better. So, um, you know, this is huge to O'Shea. He's got to lock that two seed in going into the last week. I think it helps him big time.
0: I think another interesting talking point and someone he's complete, uh, competing with for that number two seed is you look at Jake's team. Uh, so currently uh, in 13 years, he's he's been to the playoffs eight times. In six of those years, he mm. had a buy. So
1: 75% of the time he makes the playoffs, he's going to be one of the top teams.
0: Yeah, and I think if you fast forward, if he hangs on to that number two seed, half the seasons, not only does he make the playoff, but he has a buy. Yeah. Uh, can you can you make the argument that Jake's maybe unlucky to only have three titles?
1: I would never make that argument for Jake. I mean, <laughs> okay. he, he's the goat, but let's not paint this picture. I mean, he 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 won the league one year as a six seed. Um, when that happens, there's luck involved. So I, I feel worst case scenario, he's at a wash. Um, I, I I don't know. I, everyone knows my feelings on Jake. He's the goat, but I'm not going to say he's unlucky to have only won three championships. That that just seems crazy to me.
0: Yeah, it, it's but I think that there's really I mean the argument of who's dominated the league that's that's kind of gone bypass. Now there are some teams. Uh, you know, Durst is going to have the ability to potentially win one, um, which would which would jump him over Jake from a, a total championship standpoint. But I think it's just the domination of those buys. I mean, they're they're really tough to get, and the fact this this will only be Durst's third buy. That's crazy.
1: I mean, you've had three buys. Like, there's been multiple. Like, I mean, no offense, don't don't take that wrong. But like, Durst with his three championships, and like, you just think like, surely he's had more than three buys. Like, it's crazy to me.
0: Well, and it kind of seems like a progression too, where you know, you start making the playoffs, you get some buys and then you finally get that championship. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, there's really the really the rare case would be, you know, Jensen with two titles and he's never had a buy either. No
1: buys. Yeah.
0: So that I think that's not going to
1: have one this year either. That's for sure.
0: (laughs) That was uh, that one's interesting to me, too, because I think he has had some good teams and he's consistently made the playoffs. I mean, he has he has six trips in, Mm -hmm. in 13 years. So Uh, almost a 50% run rate on that. But for him to, uh, you know, strap the the belt around his uh, waist two times and and have to do it three, three, three straight matchups to get there. It's commendable, but it's also interesting that he seems like the outlier on kind of, you see this, you know, you're accumulating these buys and and that eventually means uh, championships.
1: Yeah. I mean, when you, two years that uh, um, Jensen won it, I want to say he's been a, four seed does that sound right both times I mean that, sure. that, that's the only time a four seed has ever won it is Jensen and he's done it two times so I mean I don't know it's crazy like like I said tip of the hat to that guy he's doing great but yeah to not have a buy just seems it seems crazy that Jensen managed to do it twice
0: I think you also see Jeff a list this is kind of interesting to me is that um, to me there's kind of three people that are kind of falling into that you know not if, but when territory, mm-hmm. right? Um, the 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 top of your your playoff trip list usually uh, coincide with someone with at least one championship. But then I think you have this group of three three owners: uh, O'Shea, Vander and 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 Beatles, kind of clawing their way into that conversation. And I think it's interesting that this year, uh, you know. Vanity's team had a, a rough year, but they've uh, stacked up for some keepers. So hopefully next year will be a little more fruitful, but I think you kind of have that next in line, Brendan and Beatles being those guys looking at, you know, trying to get their first championship and have really strong teams this year.
1: Yeah. If, if I mean, they're both going to get in and they're both, I mean, potentially feet, like I said, Vietles is fighting for it going into the last week, but if he gets in, he's got to be one of the favorites. So um, not having those buys is going to be huge. Um, maybe Brendan gets one. But um, if both of them get in, those are going to be teams that that nobody wants to play. So yeah, would I be shocked if either one of them won this year? No, not at all. But uh, Vitals is going to have a tougher way, and O'Shea, if he doesn't get that bye, it'll be tough. So really, emphasis on this last week. It's it's crazy.
0: Yeah, it's going to be it, it's going to be a battle, and I think, like I said, there's there's a lot of implications from a, a playoff standpoint that you know, these tend to be the things that, that lead to, you know, greater overall success in the league, right? Um, where you you got to consistently make the playoffs and then, you know, hit some things that that work out for you to get those championships. If you're not consistently making the playoffs, it, it's really tough to, to make your resume expand because th- there's a luck component and the way you can minimize some of that luck is getting a buy, but the buy seem to be getting dominated by uh, you know, the teams with a, a little bit more larger championship legacy.
1: Yeah. The, the one thing I, I do want to point out, like you look at Jake, you look at um, Durst, they've been able to, you know, go into the cellar, be in the bottom and bounce right back this next year. Um, that's something, I mean, we, we were kind of teasing Derek and Ty for being dead last and, and just not being very good this year. Those teams are going to be back next year. Like it's been a proven thing where usually the guy that finishes last a lot of time has success going into the next year. So, you know, I, I I think that's one way to do it. You look at these buys, you look at the trips to the playoffs and stuff like that. Sometimes you got to bottom out to do it. So I'll be curious to see, see how that goes going forward too.
0: It was also interesting that you sent me kind of the, the overall regular season records, and we could potentially have only five teams with winning records, a winning uh, record over 500. I think that's kind of interesting too.
1: Yeah. You, you go, I mean, like I said, 13 years of doing this and, and only what will it be probably this year? Four teams will be over a 500 record for their entire career. Uh, I think that says something to those GMs. I think that says something to, yeah, Durst will jump in there too. Yeah. He'll jump in there and then
0: depend, depending on how Jensen finishes, but that, um, yeah, I mean, it's gonna. It's, it's probably best case. You have six teams. We're probably looking at only five teams with uh, uh, records at or over five hundred.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, not an easy game. I mean, it's it's <laughs> like I said. You gotta you gotta longevity means something. And I uh, I don't know. Not everyone can do it, and everyone has ups and downs. But I do think there's a recipe in this league, and and some people seem to have figured it out. I don't know.
0: Yeah, and I think that also you know there's there's kind of that middle too right so when you have a good team you can distinguish yourself from that middle where we have you know at the start of this year we had basically four teams with almost exactly 500 records right mm-hmm. uh, and within that two of them are, durst is going to you know increase his stock from an overall winning perspective uh Barentai is going to fall pretty significantly uh, Jensen will probably tread water a little bit and Shaw will fall back a little bit as well too. So uh, I think you're kind of, this is kind of a big year. If, you, if you're just looking at these regular season rankings, this is kind of a big year for the increase in the gaps uh, of, you know, the, the haves and have nots, if you will, uh, you know, maintaining their, their win rates. Uh, and then some of those middle tier middle tier. And when it comes to overall wins uh, kind of falling back. So I think it's going to create a little bit larger gap, than, than what we had going into this year.
1: Like I said, going into this last week, all eyes on, uh, Beatles, like he he's the key. I mean, if he gets in that playoffs, he's going to wreak havoc and it's going to come down to the final week. He's a game ahead of two guys. He's, he's going to have to work for it. Like I'm really looking forward to this next week.
0: Yeah. So again, let's let, let's circle back to that, Jeff, uh, I, I, as we close this episode, so we have those three key matchups, uh, you know, looking at with the playoff implications. Uh, we have you locking up with Jake. Uh, we have O'Shea and Beatles, and, and then we have that kind of underrated Shaw versus Grant, where mm-hmm. every single half point's going to matter. Uh, and I think it'll be really fun if it comes down to Sunday, and uh, some of this stuff isn't decided, where we get to watch that Sunday night baseball game and and really could see. So, some huge change, I mean, maybe even a tiebreaker comes into play as well too. Uh, so you, um, uh, you playoff teams better double check your your tiebreaker rules and see <laughs> kind of what your head-to-head record looks like, and then the the following criteria because it honestly could come into play.
1: I honestly have no idea what the tiebreakers are. Like, like what what I well, mean, do you know? Should okay. we should we look at this?
0: Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll hit you with that. You, uh,
1: I got maybe, yeah, I got them pulled up now, but my you, God, like.
0: Yeah, so it's the, the tiebreakers are head-to-head record versus all teams tied with. Oh, so, man. So if, all, if, if, if there was three teams that, that have the exact same record um, or at least the exact same winning percentage, then uh, they go to the head-to-head record versus all of those teams. Um, if they can't establish uh, – if there's a second tie, it would go into who has the most wins in the entire season. And then the third one is randomly selected, so I can't wait for a, I can't wait for Jake to explain that one to us. The the randomly selected. Um, there is no way
1: of, that I would put in a like that wouldn't bother me at all. Just no. randomly selecting.
0: Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't imagine you'd have any problem with a randomly selected uh, no way. playoff invitation.
1: It's hilarious.
0: You get bent out of shape about the trade deadline being moved two days. Can you imagine just randomly not making the playoffs because Collusion. Jake said so? Collusion. You better, you guys better hope that the, the randomly selected category is not most chicken breast consumed in like a half hour.
1: Veal says it's all.
0: Yeah, he'll be in trouble for that. So make him the one seed. That, yeah, that could that could <laughs> elevate him big time. So, all right, Jeff, well, we, we, we dove into kind of where we're at, you know, what the next week looks like, had a good conversation about playoff legacies. And, and I guess we'll just wait until uh, next Sunday to see where everyone uh, stacks up.
1: Yeah, looking forward to it.
0: All right. Take care, ma'am.
1: All right. See ya. Bye.
0: Joining us today on the J&D Steakhouse Sizzling Hot Take Line is really a man that doesn't need an introduction, but you know that I have to try to give one. This is the father of the baby Blue Jays, breaker of hearts, Keeper of well keepers, current holder of the championship strap. That puppy is on this man's waist, and he currently sits as our number one seated player in Moneyball this year. Joining me today, Greg P. Durst. Greg, how are you doing today, buddy?
2: I'm good. I'm doing really well, guys. Uh, been a listener since the beginning. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> oh, we appreciate you. Uh
1: you know, being a lifelong subscriber to the pod. So thanks, Greg. <laughs> and, um, and the
2: YouTube channel too.
1: So like the biggest thing right now, it's playoff time. You've had basically a bye for, I shouldn't say a bye, but you could have gone over for the last like three or four weeks and still locked up the one seat. How are you feeling going into playoff time? Um wh- What would you say has been your key to success this year?
2: Um, You know, I'm feeling pretty good going to the playoffs. It's nice to have the first round. By that's for sure, and also, uh, I I think the one seed itself is very important. Um, One of the other times going up through the playoffs, coming from the sixth seed, it's really hard because you actually have to win outright every week. You can't tie five five because the tiebreaker is the higher seed. So the one seed is a little extra nice thing to have too. And in terms of keys to success this year, I don't. I mean. It's got to be Shohei Ohtani. Ohtani, I, Hitting yeah. on him uh, was – and and then also, you know, Vlad's breakout happen, happening concurrently. You know, I, you know, I just got real the, – the stars aligned, I guess, there.
0: Darius, I want to jump on that theme. So you mentioned you had Shohei Ohtani. So I, I kind of want your thoughts on two things. One, you know, the day of the auction when you got him, was it your strategy going in? And how much higher would you have gone for him? Or did you did you kind of, it just happened where you had some salary and you thought you he was a target at that point? And two, did uh, you get any tr- intriguing trade offers at the deadline to move him? Um,
2: it was, he was on my list as number one of the players I wanted to get in the auction. Um, I thought the value of him also pitching in addition to the hitting was like having a free roster spot. And I, I, I didn't know how that was going to be priced by anyone else, but I really didn't have a limit (laughs) much, you know, much, much beyond what, like, I mean, I probably would have not gone too much beyond like what DeGrom went for like 40, 45 that, but like,
1: if if I remember right, Greg, I I was bidding up. I I had my eyes set on Otani the whole time too. And I think it came down to me and you, and we ran it up four or five, you know, bucks above what anyone else was clicking. So, uh, like what, what would you have gone to? Just curious, like how high would you have gone
2: for? Like, I don't, I honestly don't remember, you know, it probably would have been in the forties, I think. Crazy. I just, I really, I really thought that, well, yeah. And I, and and part of the other thing was going into this, this draft, I wanted to get some guys that like, I was, I wanted to watch play too, you know, it just, it just makes the season a little bit more enjoyable, you know, when you're, you know, you're in the middle of june july it's starting to drag a little you know
0: so you so you pretty much had an unlimited budget auction he was definitely someone you targeted did uh, did you mm-hmm. get any intriguing offers for him at the trade deadline was there any thought to it of moving him
2: um there was i was not going to trade him and i i made that pretty clear people reached out and asked and i i said no he's not i made made it pretty clear i was not trading him
1: So interesting enough, as we're approaching, you know, this is the final week going into next week uh, for the playoffs. You're like I said, you're a lock for the one seed Um, looking at the standings as they stand now. And I know we got a little bit of time before this Yankees A's game is up. um, You're looking at, I think O'Shea right now is the three seed. Feenster right Mm -hmm. now would be the four with Beatles and Grant as the five and six. Is there anyone that you're absolutely like, I do not want to play this team going into the playoffs?
0: Jeff, I think you missed Dress Barn. Dress Barn would be in there. There, there. I thought off.
1: I said both. Yeah, he'd be he'd be the five right now. Sorry. Yes, and then Beatles as the six. Correct.
2: Yeah, having just played Beatles last week, that's not a team I would look forward to facing again.
1: Uh, well, got do you have him next week? Right. Then...
2: Or no? No, I had him last week. Oh,
1: okay, that's what it was. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And then the other team I I really don't want to play is uh, Brendan's team. I I had no interest in that.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think he's fighting for a a potential two seed next. I mean, him and Jake, I want to say, are pretty darn close. We'll Uh, we'll see when the standings shuffle out tonight. But
2: yeah. Um, Yeah, those, uh, no offense to either one of your teams, but eh. or Dress Barn, but those those are the two that I think it's just their. Their pitching stacks up, and that's that's what has me nervous.
0: No, this is this is being recorded, Greg. So uh, I know. Yeah, don't, don't, <laughs> don't board, worry. Bulletin board we, material. Yeah. Would, however you want right. to However you want to phrase that. So I found it kind of interesting, Greg. And this has been my thought process, and it, it's really changed. I kind of think mid-season, I really felt like there wasn't a lot of competition, um, but now I feel like you know, fast forward about a month. Um, I think that a lot of teams feel like they have a chance now, which I don't think was probably like that a month ago. Do you kind of feel that same, not necessarily I, pressure, but just the, the the shift in kind of teams that maybe have a chance to
2: win? Yeah. It definitely, definitely feel that way. There was, there's definitely a moments, you know, in June, July, you know, before the deadline and all that, where I was like, this is getting, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but it's like, I can't believe I'm 20 games up right now. Like that's crazy to me. Yeah. Uh, and maybe. so, but then I think, yeah, I, I, you know, I, you know, I, I had, I think in week two, I was tied for first with Guru. And then that was the last <laughs> time. Uh, and I'm just like, I can't, I don't, but now definitely some, the teams have either teams have gotten healthy. I know that's a big problem for at least you know everyone's team
1: <laughs> yeah
2: you know earlier on in the season it just depends on when those injuries have happened to you and you know you can get off to a real slow start but then you get start getting getting guys back and things can really you can get on a tear like I think we've seen that with a couple of these like Nick's team and Vito's team for sure I thought for sure, Vito's team was was dead at one point and he's really that's been impressive yeah
1: so, so I've got, I've got one last question for you because this, you know, me, I like to paint with broad strokes here. Everything ties back to your history in this league. And right now you're tied with who many consider the goat, Jake Anderson with three titles altogether. No one has ever gone back to back. What would it mean to you to go back to back and take over fourth championship? Most in the league, would this make you the goat? Do you feel that?
2: I don't think it would make me the goat, but I think it would be, it'd be pretty awesome. And I think it would, you know, validate a little bit more last year's win with the shortened season. And yeah, I mean, it'd be pretty cool. I mean, Jake couldn't talk that shit to me anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, uh, me personally, (laughs) as someone who likes to bring up the history of this league, I think it puts you out of Jake first ever back to back. People can say what they want about last year. Last year had the biggest roadblocks, the most like difficult uh, season to navigate, in my opinion. That championships as legit as my 2008 championship, the first year of the draft. So, yeah, we're on the same level, in my opinion.
0: <laughs> Greg, I got a, <laughs> I get a question for you. So something to consider. So this year will be the first playoffs that we have where uh, you have a little bit more roster flex flexibility in that last rosters don't lock in, you know, the first game starting. Do you think that will change the way you approach to, to setting your lineups in the playoffs? I think it
2: has to, definitely. I mean, there's going to be there – could, there could be a lot of – I mean, you could definitely foresee something. I know that one of the years where I had a playoff win where Kershaw threw a gem on Saturday night and then I was able to just rest everybody – and that's, I mean, to be able to even push that decision a little bit further into time and see how things are shaken out, you know, on a Sunday, you know, if there's, you know, that's that's definitely going to be something to watch.
0: Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting where you see people actually making decisions midday you know, for your example, you, you have a start Saturday, early Saturday, and whether it goes good or bad, maybe your opponent pivots and maybe they were going to start someone and they back them off. So I think there's going to be a lot of moving parts. I think that's one of the, the cool things about that new rule changes. Uh, you know, you definitely have to be watching the matchup both from start to finish all day. So it will be it'll be really interesting to see if anything plays out where the new rule change will give one of the teams a, a, a leg up where in prior years they couldn't have made that decision so very interesting stuff gravy any last questions yeah, for Greg? um no I, d- I don't have anything greg i just want to do tip my hat to
1: you like this league's difficult man and what you've been able to manage some of the decisions <laughs> you've made in regards to keepers things like that you've done it right nothing but respect for me thanks for jumping
0: on the podcast appreciate it hey oh,
2: thank you very much oh greg real real
0: quick so what are you going to do uh-huh. with the champ- championship money when you win this year? Mm.
2: That's a great question. Um,
1: Just say, take, don't kids know. <laughs> say know take my kids to Disney law. World. I know you're the universal. Take my kids to Disney World. You're that season pass holder, I think, right? Come on now.
2: I gave it up during the pandemic. No. <laughs> well, Greg, thanks Maybe for having hop- me. I can buy new passes. There, there we go. There you go. <laughs> Your kids will be thrilled. They will be. So Greg's called his shot. He's,
0: he's, he's putting the kids in the minivan and taking them to, uh, to <laughs> Disney. Uh, we want to thank Greg for joining us on Beans and Gravy. We appreciate his time. And I uh, hope everyone has a good one. Take care. Thanks, Greg. Best of luck Thanks. in the playoff.
2: Hey, same to you guys. See ya.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode of Beans and Gravy, the playoff push. If you like the content, please rate, review, and subscribe. Next week's episode will focus on the playoffs again. The brackets will be set, so come check it out. And always, always remember to keep on banging.